This is Kevin Pruitt, and we have another episode of Rising Tide Startups. And my guest today is Joe Kasherba. Joe, thanks for joining us this morning. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It's great having you on the show. And uh, Joe, just to share with our listeners a little bit, who is Joe Kasherba? That's a good question. Hey, I, <laughs> so, you know, I'm a, I've been an entrepreneur since I was in high school. Started my business when in high school. I had a group of friends that had a band, and I filmed them playing at this local restaurant and sold videotapes of them playing to their parents. Oh, wow. There you and, go. Go right to the heart of the matter. <laughs> yeah, it was a good, it was a good uh, sort of a good target market that sort of had to buy my videotapes. And that turned into a video production business, which turned into a web design business. And a couple failed startups later, I had, uh, had built a successful web design and online marketing business. And uh, so now I have that as well as I have another business where I train web designers and graphic designers about how to grow their businesses. So I have those two businesses going on. So, I mean, you have it. I don't know your exact age, but you obviously grew up kind of in the tech age. So, I mean, you've, you've never known a time that, that that wasn't necessarily available. So how did you, I mean, there are so many kids, you know, in high school have access to those things. What was the, what was kind of the spark that, that, you know, led you in to say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to get into from video production to web design. What was kind of that transition? It was actually, um, totally a looking out into the market and seeing where the need was because I, I had this idea to do this video production business in mm -hmm. high school after I did this, these videotapes for my, uh, this band and I learned HTML in order to build a website for that business. Wow. That, my, that happens uh, so often. Yeah. You just, you know, you do that. My, what actually happened was my sister, my sister had given me for Christmas a dummy's guide to programming book. <laughs> and there was a chapter in there about HTML, and I learned how to build a website. And it was just the kind of thing where nobody came to me for video production services, but all of a sudden people started mm. asking me about websites. And it was clear very quickly that I needed to pivot in that direction, and that was where there was actually an opportunity. And, you know, as any typical 18-year-old entrepreneur does, they survey the market. They, you know, I mean, most of them are exactly. worried about, you know, who am I going to take out on Friday night? And you're, you're sitting there <laughs> trying to say, okay, what's the business process that I need to go through? That, that, that truly is amazing. I mean, that's, that is, that's, that's rare in today's market, I think, to, to have that kind of, uh, I guess, awareness of the market. You know, but it's, it's good to know. Yeah, yeah. So tell me... If uh, you and I are getting on an elevator, we're going to have about 10 floors, sell me on uh, on the web design or you also have a website, just jokasherba.com is kind of more the, it looks like more like an umbrella, you know, over over everything that you're doing right now. So so tell me tell me what you do and, and how your services could help me. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the, the big thing that sort of sets what we're doing apart from what so many other web design and digital marketing uh, companies do is that we help companies really use the internet to grow their businesses. Mm. There's lots of companies out there that are maybe dabbling with something online, and we help uh, companies that are ready to, to use the internet to generate large numbers of leads and massively grow their business and uh, actually use the internet to its full potential rather than just uh, – sort of dabble online or do a little bit of this or that or have a website or something. So you, you mentioned earlier you're, you're, you started kind of the video production side and then the web design grew out of that just out of, out of like market demand. But so 
when when you moved, shifted kind of into the okay, how can we help businesses kind of ten x, you know what they're doing, or I don't want to limit it just to ten x, but how how can they you know exponentially grow what they're doing? Was that also born out of your own experiences on your web design company? Uh, absolutely, it's been this ongoing process of sort of seeing where the need was and moving in that direction because at the beginning there wasn't an online marketing component. There wasn't this idea of actually helping businesses grow. It was just, I'm going to build nice looking websites right. for people. You know, I was doing high, you know, websites in high school for 300 bucks and it was over time, um, sort of narrowing in on some industries, narrowing in on, um, Oh, these people are coming to me because they actually want to grow their business or they want to get this particular uh, result in their business mm -hmm. and narrowing in more on that. And it was from that that I decided to actually add on the online marketing services, sort of gear the web design services more to actually helping businesses um, make money. Right. And it was going it was going in that direction based on what I was seeing out in the market. I want to I want to circle back in just a second with the kind of the ten, idea about 10x, but but uh, drill down just a little bit more. I mean, so many times, and I'm, let me kind of form the question here before you can answer. But so so many times, I see people launching like services, and they say, okay, here's the 10 step process, or here's the four ways that you can do this, and it's it's almost like it has not been born out of experience, but yours seems very different, and it. To me, that would be the most effective way to coach or to develop a service is born out of your own pathway that you've walked, you know, to to really develop the process. And actually, you have kind of a proof, you know, after the fact that this works and, and I can show you this works because it worked in my own company. I think that's a really good point. And that's that's what's exactly what I've done and what's sort of been happening on there's almost like these two tracks where on one track I'm seeing I'm seeing what's working for clients mm -hmm. you know I'd, I'd have a client that maybe just wanted a pretty website and then I'd see what what we did that got them business right and then I could focus and do that same thing more for other businesses but then there's the other piece of actually having to figure out how to grow my own business yeah and you know, so many people, there's, it's funny, there's so many people out there that do online marketing or do web design, but they can't get their own clients. They don't know how to market their own business. Yes. And so I had to learn that. I, I went to course after course and seminars and read books and tried all kinds mm -hmm. of things and spent enormous amounts of money on marketing to figure that out for my own business. And that was actually, um, before I actually started actually selling online marketing to clients, I was doing it successfully successfully in my own business. And I could say to somebody, hey, you know, I think you should do ads on Google because I'm doing ads on Google and it's generating, you know, all this money for me. Right. And so it was that process. It was the same thing with just like I built the website for myself for yeah. the video production business. Yeah. I did it for myself, saw it worked, and then did it for clients. And it would sort of been this process of, of uh uh, sort of going in that direction. What worked for me? What worked for clients? What were their needs? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's been a, it's been a, it's been an evolutionary process as opposed to me having the idea one day to have a business like this and nothing ever changes. It was it's, right. it's evolved. And it, and I mean I love the word you just used. I mean, and it also has to evolve to kind of keep up with technological changes and 
changes of on algorithms of Google searches and I mean all the above. So I, I love the fact that that's kind of built into the built into your process. So let's let me. I told you I was going to circle back on the kind of the 10x idea. Um, you mentioned on another podcast, a competitive podcast that, <laughs> that <laughs> listened to broadly, that uh, you you talked about the idea of kind of helping people 10x, but it seemed like that you it wasn't just a, a like a factor of 10 it was it was more of a kind of a broad process so can you touch on that a little bit what you what you mean when you're talking about that type of exponential growth and how you help businesses yeah absolutely um i think it sort of comes back to i, I had mentioned the idea of helping people helping businesses to use, use the internet to their full to its full potential right mm -hmm. and i think what sort of not even just on the internet, but in general, what a lot of businesses do when they're marketing is they just dabble with marketing or yeah. they think of marketing as maybe an expense or I'm going to spend a little bit on this marketing and it's not going to do much for me. When I'm talking about, um, I often say 10xing your business mm -hmm. because that requires a different kind of thinking. Right. It requires you, if you want to add a little bit to your business, that's doing a little bit more what you're already doing. Sure. If you want to 10x, you have to be. You have to think totally different, mm -hmm. and you're not going to 10x your business by dabbling with a little bit of marketing or doing some little thing. You're going to 10x your business by finding one particular marketing strategy that works and really scaling that up, right. and you know, giving all of your focus to scaling that up. And so, what I'm, what I do with businesses, and I, I do this with. A, with a client where it's a done-for-you service and I'm helping them with online marketing and it's some construction company. And I also do this with web designers that I'm training to grow their mm -hmm. businesses. I help them to identify one particular target market, one particular type of, of ideal client that they want to go after, yeah. figure out what that client wants, and then choose one particular marketing channel, whether that's Facebook ads or Google ads or something like that. And focus all of their attention on getting that that profit that sort of profitable system in place mm -hmm. where they can spend a dollar and get two dollars back, yep. and then you just scale that way up. And that's that's sort of how you how you ten x is finding right. that one thing that you can scale up. So sort of a long answer, but that's, no, it's, that's that's what great. that's about. Absolutely, and I, I appreciate you kind of drilling down on that because that I think our listeners, regardless of what stage they're in, I think will be very apropos of where, you know, whatever they need to, to look at as far as marketing is concerned. One one thing, what kind of a follow-up with that is that do you build in like a like a timeline? Like if you're focusing on one thing, do you say, okay, we're going to look at this for three months or six months or, or whatever versus, I mean, what's the, it, it can't just go on indefinitely. You know, you have to be testing and kind of, you know, looking at the metrics. Is this paying off? I mean, what's what's built into the system that says, okay, we're going to try this one thing for X amount of time, or is there a is there kind of a date or a, a calendar or a, a rolling ninety days or something you build in? That's a good question. I think I think it depends on it depends on where somebody is in terms of um, clarity about what that what they're selling and who right. they're selling it. To. Yeah, that's good. Because um, if somebody's, you can only have so many variables. Mm-hmm. So say somebody is in a situation where um, – uh, let's say, say it's a landscaping company and maybe they, 
they do all kinds of things. They do patios. They do, you know, tree removal. They just do all yeah, kinds of stuff. Yeah. So they have a lot of variables in terms of what they're offering. So if that's the case, then we just want to start with one marketing channel mm-hmm. and then advertise a variety of those different things to see what what works. Right. Um, but if somebody's very clear about um, what they're you know, they have a particular service they're advertising, a particular ideal client or ideal customer in mind, then it might be the kind of thing where we'll do a couple tests. We'll mm-hmm. spend a little bit on Facebook. We'll spend a little bit on Google. We'll spend a little bit on, you know, some other form of advertising, banner ads or something, see what works, and then from there choose what to scale up and what to really focus on. Uh, so, so it depends. I don't know that there's a specific um, – timeline and, and and that kind of thing so much as it is making sure there's not too many variables that we're dealing with right does if, that make sense absolutely if, if there's too much to to measure then you're i mean it's, it's kind of a melange i mean you're kind of looking at it and going how would you even kind of break this down to see what's effective and what's not but is there one one other follow-up question then I, I we're going to kind of move to another section but mm-hmm. is there is there a um trying to how to phrase this question so is there a a specific um i guess level that you're looking for when you when you choose a channel like like is there uh we're gonna we're gonna two times this we're gonna three times this we're going to raise it 20 percent. is that kind of a is there a target in mind i guess when you're looking at these at these different channels uh, have you worked that out with the client prior to, to it, you know, in the process? The best arrangements with clients is that when is when we have worked that out. Mm-hmm. Um, is when the client has a clear picture of here's how much I can spend to get a sale. Right. Or you know, here's here's how much I can spend per you know if I if I get ten dollars in business how much can I spend to get that ten dollars in business if the client knows that that helps a lot yeah um, because one of the biggest challenges in working with with clients um, in doing their online marketing for them is n- not knowing that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of businesses don't know that they mm-hmm. haven't done marketing yet right. they don't really know and so uh, as much information as I can have about that is is valuable um, and it depends on the business like if it's a service-based business, um, you know, maybe you know, like that landscaping business or something where there's some materials involved and there's mm-hmm. labor and there's all this stuff, they need to have a, a lot more ROI yep. it, because there's all those costs involved. If right. it's if it's somebody selling a course online, maybe two x is plenty because there's no addition, there's no other cost other than the ads. Right. So it really depends. Right. Yeah, that, and that, that's a great point, and it d- does depend on where they are and and what the specific you know marketing industry products, etc. So, thanks for for drilling way down in that. I kept asking you follow up after follow up after follow up. You handled them extremely well. So, absolutely. So, since you started uh, kind of the the web design company, what would you say would be like your highest point that you can look back and say, "But well, that was that's almost like it, that was my uh, aha moment or my." We've we've arrived in at least in base camp one. <laughs> That's a good question, and, and it's it's funny because there's a specific moment, and that was, um, so I graduated from college, and I'd been doing the web design on the side, but had never um, it had never made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I in in college, I had this startup company I 
was trying to do, and it fell apart. And so I graduated with no job lined up, no startup company, just doing some web websites on the side. And so I moved back in with my parents, and that was like the you know I set up this makeshift office in my mom's basement, sort of half basement, half garage kind of thing. And that was like really a hard time because, you know, I had friends going to work at Amazon and places like that. And um, I I remember like about six months after that is when I had my first month in my web design business where I did $5,000 in a month. And... That was the that was the that was the number that I was thinking. Okay, that's re- that's real money. You know, I can sort of justify having not gotten a job if I can yep. do five thousand a month. And so I remember driving to a, to a client's office, picking up a check, picking up the check that took me over five thousand dollars for the month, and literally crying in the car on the way back. <laughs> wow! Because I hit five thousand dollars in a month. Wow. And, and you probably went back and said to mom and dad, "Hey, by the way." <laughs> I can make this. This is going to work. <laughs> exactly. That's how I felt because it was like you know they were very supportive and it was great. But you know I was making a thousand a month and like you know feeling you know I remember feeling almost envious of a friend that had a minimum wage job. Yeah. And I remember yeah. thinking all that money he has coming in. <laughs> and that and 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 so that's I, funny. I just, I just remember crying in the car, getting that $5,000 check, and I actually ended up at like 6000 for that month. Um, and even, you know, two, two or three months later, I had my first $10,000 month, and, you know, it, you know, and I've had months a lot bigger than that sure. since then, and nothing has ever, nothing has ever been that emotional as that first $5,000 month. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, that's an amazing story. I appreciate you sharing that with us. And I, that I can, you know, we all can probably put ourselves in that. I mean, I've never had a $5,000 a month on my side gig. So I, mm-hmm. I fully understand what you're, what you're looking at. But uh, it is, uh, I just really appreciate you kind of drilling down. And I, I mean, you could, I could almost see the emotion in your eyes as you're sharing <laughs> that story. You're thinking, I'm back in the basement. I'm, I'm on an old windows computer and I'm, you know just pecking away and trying to make this thing work and you know, yeah so, exactly yeah what, what a great story so since since you started tell me tell me a couple of uh of pain points or really obstacles that you kind of deal with on a fairly regular basis that that are just you know like like speed bumps in the road that uh even at even at the level that you're at now so what are, what are two things that maybe our listeners could speak into to, to kind of speak in it, like help all boats rise in a rising tide? Yeah, absolutely. I think my, one of my biggest challenges is um, sort of productivity and organization still. You know, I'll get on a – I'll get into a good routine and have some sort of a system and way to organize my day and everything, mm-hmm. and it lasts a month or <laughs> uh, two months, and then, then I'm – I'm not following the system and I'm sort of trying to figure out what to do. So I've still haven't been able to like get a good um, sort of process in place to organize my day that I, that, that actually sticks mm-hmm. and organize my um, sort of what I'm doing on a week to week basis and stuff. So that's the one of probably the one of the biggest things. That's uh, it's interesting because I, my theory is that creatives and I think entrepreneurs have to be creative. I think that that is it's almost a system is almost antithetical to how we're wired. 
So we are creators by, by nature. We're very good at starting stuff. We're very good at launching. We're very good at, at the creative ideation phase and the brainstorming and then and putting things in motion and getting them rolling. We're really often very bad at maintaining things and the, the, the operation side of things. That's why we always have to have a wingman that says, okay, you're my COO. <laughs> you're, the, you're the one that's doing the operation because I'm really kind of the visionary and the the one that's kind of creating the, the idea and you're putting the systems in place to make sure that those ideas can can come to fruition. So it, it's one of those things that I think it's our, our greatest strength can be a, a weakness too. And you got to have somebody that, that can kind of step in that that uh, that void there for you. Would you agree with that? I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, and that's something I had never thought about. And then Maybe a couple weeks ago, somebody said something similar. The, cre- mm-hmm. the you're a creative person. It's that's it's sort of uh, it's exactly right. You know, it's not. I, I, I'm sort of this. Um, I'm somewhere, I'm I'm a creative person, but then also I'm a programmer, and so I think about things in terms of like real logical like computer code and that's Uh how it sort of sort of in in my mind i sort of have this fantasy of my day being like you know minute one this is what i do (laughs) minute two this is what i do and like real robotic but that is actually counter to my creativity and my life would be miserable if it actually was that way so it's a it's a struggle yeah that wouldn't even last till noon you know yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> That's that system. So what's another what's another obstacle or pain point that that you kind of deal with on a fairly regular basis? Um, so that's one. And then s- s- sort of related to that would be um, I always I've heard it referred to as the gray zone mm. uh, because I work from home um, and because I like because I like what I do. I end up sort of always being in this half working, half not working state, yeah. um, and it's it's sort of like, you know, I'm always there, even whether I'm whether I'm away or even like at nights, you know, say say my fiance is going to go do something, she's going to, you know, do the laundry or something, I'll immediately go work, and and it's like, I, sh- I it should be downtime, but I'm back to mm-hmm. to working, and I'm jumping back and forth so that gray zone piece has always been a struggle too have you tried have you tried things to kind of alleviate that a little bit i mean you've tried to have separate work areas even an off-site you know place that i'm doing my kind of a third place like i mean i'm not talking about going to starbucks every day but you know this idea that i'm going to rent a cheap little office just to have a place to so i can clearly differentiate that or something like that i mean it's so what what are some of the things you've used to kind of work on that the only thing I that's actually a really good idea, not something I like the idea of trying to be more uh have a separate space or something mm-hmm. uh is is not something I've thought about much. That's a really good idea. I've done most of what I've done is just trying to be more organized, trying to yep. get myself to you know sort of before dinner sort of reorganize things and be done, mm-hmm. but that never ends up <laughs> never ends up happening. So I think the idea of separate, you know, having a separate space or even like, um, you know, maybe the, the office room is my where I work. And at night, maybe I would take my computer out mm. of the office room and do, you know, if I'm doing non-business on sure. my computer, yeah. maybe I leave this room. That's interesting. I never thought about dividing it like that. That probably would be better than just trying to trying to be better. <laughs> 
Well, I, I do have a, a third place coaching program that I just created just now on this podcast that it's 997 <laughs> so <laughs> we do take credit cards on our website so yeah just something to think about and so let me let me follow up that just a little bit on this kind of the gray zone because it's and this is I think is a related issue that I think a lot of kind of solopreneur solo startups whatever face but how do you how do you handle the social aspect of work so I mean it's so easy to kind of be get get into your introverted self and kind of get head down with your you know music playing in the background and just working on your computer how do you how do you do the networking and engagement uh, is your team remote you know that you work with I mean how do you how do you kind of work those details out and, and even engaging with just people you know during the day yeah no that's a good question my team has always been virtual mm -hmm. um, so because because I'm a very introverted person and I like the idea of working from home mm -hmm. um, but it, it is true. I end up sometimes realizing I haven't left the house in three days. <laughs> I'm wearing the same shirt, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Um, and and it is a, you know and it, and it's and it is a challenge because like my fiance, um, she has a job and actually goes to yeah. the, to a job every day. And so it, th there are some times where like I want to go out, like I want to do something because I've been in the house all week yeah she wants to stay in the that's house right. she's not in that she's not in the house usually so yeah that's uh, funny so that is a challenge one thing i one thing two things that have helped a lot are one uh going to meetup groups mm -hmm. to uh, meet other entrepreneurs other people in uh similar fields and things yeah. um right after college meetup groups helped me so much i met so many cool people and mentors there. So I just went to meetup.com and found a web design mm. one and entrepreneurs one. And that was fabulous. Yeah. Um, the other piece is I just try about once a week to, to have a day where I work at, at a coffee shop. Yeah, that's good. So, so that there's some interaction. Kind of get <laughs> out of the cave, people. so to speak. Yeah. 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 And so that's about once a week is about the amount that it's, uh, I can, I can be focused. I can have all my extra screens here when I'm, I'm at home, but yep. then once a week at the coffee shop, uh, that helps a lot. Yeah, it's uh, I, I love Meetup because I, I host kind of a one-day co-working space just on Fridays, <laughs> just for for people that that just like you, they're just kind of working by themselves and just a chance to get out. And so, yeah, it, it is. Uh, I mean, I think it's a real. Um, it's there. There are people that really struggle with that. I think that. Uh, I mean, obviously, you're wired differently, and you can you can handle the you know the solo workspace, but. People that have gone from an office environment to working at home, I think they really struggle with that. I'm just curious to hear, you know, your answer and maybe how you you've dealt with that in the past, and you know, maybe help some of our listeners that might be going through a, a similar issue like that. But so let's let's kind of transition here, and I want to get it just a little deeper in your in your head, and just just really yeah. hear kind of what you know the almost the why behind some of the things you do. But who would you say is one person online that? It really inspires you, and, and why? Uh, I I would uh, say Eben Pagan. Okay. Um, are you familiar with him? Yeah. Uh huh. I um, he's been really really valuable. I came across a lot of his um, his marketing materials, mm -hmm. and that was he sort of some of his videos on just the idea. Um, it was funny. It was one of those things where. I was struggling to get clients and figure out how to market my business, and I came across some videos of his and talking about 
how to do marketing. Mm -hmm. And it was in it was in watching those videos that I actually had this realization that marketing was something that I could figure out. Hmm. And it was it was it's it's an it's an odd thing, but it was like for years I I almost didn't even think about marketing because I didn't it, it like wasn't on my radar. It was on I had this limiting belief that it wasn't even possible to figure uh -huh. out. And I watched some of his videos and then bought tons of his courses and bought a bunch of other books. And it was those videos that really got me started learning about marketing mm -hmm. um, and having that key marketing realization of I have to uh, look at things from the perspective of the of the potential client and not from my perspective. Right, right. That that's that's great. That is that is. I mean, it's it's interesting that you know that we all have to come to kind of a similar realization that, that you did that says hey, you know this is possible. Yeah. You know this is uh, it's kind of the what is this called the imposter syndrome that you're you know you're always dealing with. You're thinking I'm I'm just I'm not only fooling my my clients I'm fooling <laughs> myself you know into yeah. thinking I can do this. So that that is a I, I love that. And that's the in all of our interviews. That's the first time that he's been mentioned. So really, yeah, that's um, that, and certainly is is fairly well known in that space. Yeah, you know, that you mentioned. So, is there a is there like a life quote that you know you have taped up on your on your computer, or you you just kind of like to look at, or are you that you try to like live by the, the specific quote that kind of guides you daily? That's a good question. Um... One that I don't know if it guides me daily, but one that I often think about is the Jordan Belfort quote. The guy who's the Wolf of Wall Street uh -huh. yep. has a quote that um, let me see if I can get it right. The something to the effect of the only thing stopping you from getting what you want um, is the story about why you can't have it. Okay. And um, and that's not exact. It's not exactly words. You know, I could look right? it up. Yeah, but I think for a long time I had this thought that okay, that's that was just like one of those feel good kind of quotes, like just sort of a platitude. But what I've realized more and more in life is how how really true that is. Mm -hmm. How much of the stuff we think is just not true and you know, how many you know, there's so many times that I've done this and I've talked to people where well where they'll just have some excuse or something that's total BS. It's not real. Yep. Um, you know, it's funny. I, you know, I have this other business where I train web designers to grow their businesses. And the stuff I hear is fascinating. Like people will tell me, well, I can't grow my web design business because in, in my town, people don't buy websites or, um, people, you know, something that's like, it's just not true. They have this idea that's not true. Or, um, you know, I had a friend of mine in, in high school that him and his parents had this business that was – they'd grown the business to like 50000 a month without any marketing, just by sort of word of mouth. And yep. it was like if they had just started marketing, they could have really grown this business. But they had some idea in their mind that that was as big as the market was and you couldn't grow it. And, you know, the – and looking back on it, they could have made that business a million a month if they would have marketed it. Wow. Um, but I don't know. I just – I'm constantly realizing more and more how much that quote really is true, and it's not just a not just a quote. It really is the the truth. 
I mean, I, I love the web web design guys' excuse that there's nobody in town. I'm like, yeah. Well, most of your clients probably aren't going to be living in your town anyway. You ever heard of that? This this new thing called the internet. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's just crazy. The stuff I hear, or, or you know, I help a lot of them with uh, running ads on Google. Uh huh. And they'll people make up these stories like, well, I can't do Google ads because the people who think who my competitors would just click on a bunch of times and the ads wouldn't work for me. It would work for you. They'd work for anybody else. But my competitors are too vicious. And it's like, the, the, like how, how could that be? That makes no sense. And they don't have any evidence of this. And I just see this kind of thing all the time. Or, you know, I, I, had a, I, I knew somebody who was in Canada and they had this story that people in the U.S. would never buy anything from somebody in Canada. Hmm. Which I don't think is true. No. I no. mean, maybe there's a, a small percentage of people that wouldn't, but they were afraid to market in the U.S. They were afraid to do anything because they had this fake belief that nobody in the U.S. would buy something from somebody who was in Canada. I mean, that is so, it's so um, related to the whole, I mean, it's kind of this big cloud of, you know, this unbelief and imposter syndrome and everything else kind of wrapped up into one thing that says, you know, I'm I'm really kind of doing this with smoke and mirrors. And when people really open the curtain and look behind them, they're not going to see, there's not going to be anything of value back there, <laughs> yeah. you know, so to speak. So if you could, if you go back to kind of your pre-startup self, what what is one piece of advice that you would tell you that you would tell yourself that you think would would have 10x'd you a lot earlier or would help our listeners as well as they're they're kind of getting started in their own kind of side business or solo startup or whatever. I think it's the it's the sales and marketing piece. So, you know, I, I said I, I came across some of Eben's videos and started learning about marketing and mm -hmm. that's when sort of that's one of the key moments when things started to take off, although it took me a long time to learn about marketing. I had I had encountered a variety of things years before that that kept saying, you have to learn marketing, you have to learn sales. You know, I read the Rich Dad, Poor Dad books, yeah. and, uh, you know, he has a lot of other good stuff, but one thing he said in there was, he, you, have, you have to learn sales. Yep. And I, I came across that a number of times, and I ignored it, and I said, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and so I, I probably, I would have liked to have really spent time learning sales and marketing probably 10 years earlier than I did. That that's great. It, it is this idea that I mean, as you were as you were talking there, just I was thinking, you know, my product will speak for itself. You know, my my work, my service will speak for itself, and that that is an that's another lie that I think we tell ourselves too. That yes, well, <laughs> well, it, it's and it's a lie in two ways. One, because yes, people have to people have to see you. You have to get it in front of people, <laughs> yeah. right? But but it's also a lie from the standpoint that like. When you are when you understand sales and marketing, you can actually create services and products that people want. What a great because, point! Right, because you actually understand their needs and stuff. And uh, I, I, you know, that's that's a key piece. Like you have to understand that to create products and services. Yeah. People what a what a great way to wrap up today. And and just uh, I mean that that alone that's that's the thousand dollar piece you just mentioned right there in one line. So. Is there anything that, that I haven't asked you about that, that you'd love just to, to share with our listeners? And then just let's just wrap up by letting them know how, how people can find you online. Yeah, so I, I mean, I guess sort of to wrap some of those pieces up, I would just say, you know, learn sales and marketing. Really invest the time to do that because it's worth it. And be open 
You know, if you're if you're somebody that's on the fence at all or, or wanting to get into entrepreneurship, just get into it. Get into entrepreneurship. Start learning sales and marketing, and sort of see where it takes you. I I see so many people. You know, I started a video production business and ended up a million miles away from that. Yeah. But that was what I needed to do. And I I see so many people just on the sidelines waiting for that perfect business idea to come across come come to them mm-hmm. and you just need to get into entrepreneurship and start learning and sort of do the pivots that you need to do yep so is the best place to find you is is uh com or is it the web design company or where, where would you like people to find you yeah I, either one so on the on the done for you side where we're actually helping people with their online marketing and actually doing the services for them mm-hmm. that's kasherbawebdesign.com okay and if you're a web designer, an agency owner, a graphic designer that wants to grow your business, you can go to joekasherba.com. We have a 90-minute webinar there that can goes into detail on a lot of these things, and uh, you can get in touch that way. Well, we'll certainly have those listed on the show notes and, and uh, also on the YouTube YouTube uh, post cool. that we'll put up. But, uh, Joe, I, I am just really grateful you taking the time today to share with our listeners, and, and it's it just loved it. The engagement of the interview and and just you know your responses and and just the kind of the the raw realness of, of taking us from your mom's basement to, to, to <laughs> your aha moments and everything in between. So, Joe, thanks again for just helping all boats rise in a rising tide. We appreciate your time. Hey, thanks so much for having me. 